I just want to highlight this passage. We prayed it. Some of you may have just got here. But this uh, Revelation chapter 12, beginning in verse 7. Let me read the passage. You can read it here. The, then war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. So you've got a cosmic war happening in the heavenly realms. But he was not strong enough, the devil, and they lost their place in heaven. There's a dislodging of the enemy. The great dragon, the devil, was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, devil Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And then it moves into, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say. So there's a proclamation from heaven about another defeat of the enemy. Right here we've got the angelic confrontation. It's going to happen. We can read this with assurance. This thing's going to end up with the Messiah, Jesus being the king and ridding the earth of the enemy and the heavenly realms. But then we get another angle on the thing, as Revelations often does. It says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation, the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah or Christ or anointed one is what that is there. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed. So we hear that it wasn't just Michael and the angels, but they, in this context, is the accused brothers and sisters. It's me and you. It's the ones particularly in the tribulation, but it really does apply to us. They were also part of this triumph, and they did it by, as Bob said, the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much to shrink from death. Three dynamics that led to the triumph over the enemy of the earth. So we got Michael and the angels going, and then we got us. And this is our arsenal right here. And so I say this to these missionaries that are going. I say it to everybody that's a preacher in this room and a worship leader. This is a significant passage for how we overcome in spiritual warfare. The enemy is called kategoras. Here is the Greek word, which is a term for a complainant of law or someone who's accusing the law. That, that was specifically picked by John in writing a title about, under the inspiration of the Spirit, writing a title about the devil. He's called like a lawyer that's accusing you. That's, that's the context of the verse. So this apocalyptic description reveals that Satan in the heavenly realm, that he's overcome by uh, two groups. Number one, by Michael and the angels. And number two, by the Messiah's accused family, by these three areas. I want to just move on quicker. Remember that Satan's attacks come in the form of accusations and they run along legal lines. Everybody that's dealing with this in this room, if you're a believer, you're alive on the planet, nobody's waiting on spiritual warfare. You're, you're having it. And the devil fights along legal lines. He's actually taking truths and twisting them. He's done it so much with me, reminding me of my past. Reminding me of things I've repented of, I've turned from, I've asked for forgiveness. And then sometimes it'll come through the mouth of people around me, close to me even. And it's this accusing thing that'll happen, you know. And you got to battle that thing off of you. It's got power because the enemy's most powerful weapon is words. And it's words that are twisted and usually truths that are reality but have actually been shifted and changed like our past and our sins. So, our overcoming his debilitating accusations must involve also legal actions of a higher authority. So, another way to say this is Satan's schemes only work in our lives. This is a big deal. Satan's schemes only work in our lives when we give him legal permission. 
When you're bought by the blood of the Lamb, you become territory that can be free, not from the hits and the lies, the attacks are going to keep coming, but from their effect in your life. So for the effect to happen, you have to grant permission to the enemy. So all three of these dynamics are about you not granting permission to the enemy. No one's going to get him to stop tempting you. No one's going get to get him to stop lying to you and accusing you. It's not going to stop. You're going to have it for the rest of your life. I'm 53. I'm 43 years into my faith, faith, and it's coming. It actually comes stronger as you go deeper in the Lord. But it's not about keeping the attack from coming. It's about overcoming when it comes. And we are the overcomers. And listen, we decide how this battle goes, not the devil. That's a big deal. We never have to say, well, the devil's stronger than I am. Well, that's true. But he's not stronger than your Messiah. You're, you're in the mighty fortress, which is the Christ. The Christ didn't come and just, you know, clean up and make a way for you to get out of hell to go to heaven. He came to put himself inside you by the Spirit, and you're in him. And now there's a dynamic going on. But you have the ability to grant permission to the enemy. So we want to look at this just fresh in a couple ways. Number one, our faith in the blood of the Lamb becomes the legal reason that the devil's accusations can be broken off of our minds and conscience. The issue of the blood of the Lamb is a dynamic legal issue in the ultimate courtroom, which is the heavenly throne room. The, the, there will be, every human being has an appointment you will not miss. Every human being will come before a great white throne. And you will be judged about whether your name is in the book of life or not. And beyond that, believer, there's another throne. Every one of you, none of you will miss this appointment. Fire will come from the throne and it will actually test the intentions and motives and how you walked out your life. And so judgment's coming. This judgment's coming. And you either enter into it with confidence or you enter into it with shame and the enemy has beat you down. The number one way that you and I back the enemy off who has evidence against us is by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is what we plea. This is a call for you to get unrooted from your feelings and to get rooted in faith. My faith is in what the Father God thinks about the blood, not what I think about the blood. The Father looks and sees the blood and he's satisfied. You tell me, I still feel guilty about that sin. He whispers it in my ear and I, I feel bad about it. Listen, you feeling bad is a secondary, if not almost non-issue. <laughs> of course you feel bad. Nobody wants to remember back when they were a boogerhead, you know what I mean? And just go, eh. Nobody does that ever. It doesn't ever change that you feel bad about it. What can change is that you set your focus on the rightful, grace-filled justice of God, which is the blood of his son. He paid for your sin. It doesn't matter what you feel about it. It matters what you faith about it. Do I believe? And when you do, you begin to overcome and you remove a legal right. Number two, the word of our testimony is a bold confession of our faith in Christ. And it becomes a legal, Satan-defeating action. When we boldly speak, it witnesses to others. But when Timmy was in the room with the patient, leading him to Jesus, the devil was suffering defeat in that moment. Does everybody know that? Not just because a soul was stole from the kingdom of darkness, yes, but 
him was testifying with his mouth about the power of the salvation that comes through the Messiah. And when he did it, I, tell, I can't wait to get these videos later in heaven, but pain was manifested via Christie today as Tim sat in a room with a patient and he was expressing, yes, because they lost a soul, but it's more than that. Tim activated one of the legal rights. He was, the word of his testimony came out and it released power all around him. And lastly, and this is not more important, but it's a big deal, denying ourselves and being set free from the love of our lives legally disempowers the enemy from threats and accusations of death. I stink at this one. I, I'm a little bitter on the blood. I kind of got some testimony. I am struggling with that. And I don't know if you are, but I'll tell you this. The enemy's power to torment you and I is largely because we're scared to death of death. We're scared to death of losing our life. So, this is what I say. I was in a book club. I'm in this book club in town. I'm trying to interrelate with a lot of the tribes in the city. And so I'm in this book club with the higher church guys. I'm sitting with an Orthodox priest and a, a Lutheran priest. And a, it, it was awesome. It was, it's, a, it's a fun book club where I'm learning, but I'm trying to stir the pot a little bit. And so we were talking about how to see people delivered from depression and anxiety. And uh, some, the dude at the running the, the book thing said, he said, well, hey, here's how, you got to be theological minded, you got to be real theological minded, that's great. Now, he goes, I'd like to hear how the charismatics deal with this. And I guess he was talking about me, I think he means Christian, but whatever. Um, he says, Sam, how do you do with this? And I said, well, I kind of evaluate spirit, soul, and body. There's three dynamics going on, and I want to have discernments of spirits. I want to know where their soul and emotions are in their body. And then I evaluate where they are and what they need to do. And, but, but, but I want to say this. Here's been one of the bigger problems for me, and it's actually a release, is if I can get them to embrace the cross, to deny themselves, and begin to live an otherly life, they begin to be set free from a thousand woes. That's why I think this. <laughs> Some people think that Jesus' words, if you want to follow me, take up your cross and deny yourself, are the hard, that that's a hard saying we all got to grapple with. I think that's actually the most emancipating words that have ever been said on planet Earth. When he says to the Adam's race, you want to follow me into freedom? Here's the way you do it. you got to turn your back on preserving your life. Your whole race is obsessed with pleasure, trying to stay out of pain, and preserving your life and get what's yours. When you let go of that, you become a dangerous, dangerous person in the kingdom of God. So, he says here, and we say to our missionaries, and my daughter is one of them, and I'm, ha I'm so love the Pancrats and I'm irritated at them because they put Niger in my daughter's mind. I kind of really mean that. I love you. And you really bother me. You really, because I, I try to keep my baby safe and then you... So anyway, what I believe is this. And so we watch mercy and watch others deny themselves. I've seen Tim and Sherry do this over and over. Go to Saudi Arabia, go to other places. And I'm just like, it's just amazing. I got a little bit of doing that with South Korea, South Korea, North Korea. But here's the deal. The gospel, let me do this last one, and then we'll get these guys up here. 2 Corinthians 5.15, look at this verse. Uh, Paul says this is a powerful result of the gospel. It gets me out of hell and gets me into heaven, yes. But this is a, I think this is one of the most powerful things about the gospel. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and raised again. Tell me what the reward is in this passage of him dying 
and raising again. It's that you and I might no longer live for ourselves. This actually is hell on earth. This narcissistic, self-obsessed, I'm going to save my life and get mine is really what's tormenting us. And I tell you why it's tormenting us because God didn't make us that way. God made us to be worshipers and point away. He made us to be otherly and to serve others. So when we begin to become ingrown, we begin to empower the enemy in the flesh and come into torment, and praise God, he came with the gospel. He's come to die that you and I might no longer live for ourselves. So the victory of the church over the devil in the coming tribulation and in our current tribulations is accomplished through this threefold strategy that we claim and believe in the blood of Jesus that we have a word of our testimony that's strong and bold and that we have given up. We've thrown the white flag. I'm done. I'm in. It's all yours. I, I died to dreams. I died to everything. I give it to you. And I'll stink and let my daughter go to Niger because Jesus is totally worth it. Amen. And, and I heard somebody else say, I'm ripping them off. But the worst thing that can happen to me and you gets us to the best place we've ever want to go. The worst thing's death. And it actually is this open door to what we all believe. Now, let's not be sadist and try to die. But my, 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 let us wrestle with our theology and make it actually our reality. So.